As we kick off our new series, we are going to take a four-week break from our journey through the Bible together. We're going to take a four-week break to look and see what it is that makes Parkway Church Parkway Church. About a year ago, the advisors and I started dreaming and praying about the kind of people we want to produce. Because you realize that the church is people. It's not a building. It's not a program. It's people. And as we send off a couple of seniors today from Parkway Victoria, we realize that our product is young men and young women. We realize that our product is married couples and single moms. We realize that our product is third grade boys that are learning to believe in Jesus. We, le- we realize that our product isn't what we produce on a stage, but the people that God develops in our midst. And so we started asking the question, what kind of people do we want to be and what kind of people do we want to produce? And we looked and we said, you know, for children, we've got a fairly crystal clear plan for the kind of people we want to develop. We want your kids to be able to open the Bible and find a passage. We want them to be able to pray. We want them to be able to have discussions with each other. We want them to be ready to go to middle school. And then we look at our high schoolers and our junior hires, and, and we say, you know, we've got a pretty good plan for them as well when it comes to developing people. But then we looked and asked, what about somebody like Mike? What's our plan for developing Mike? Because reality is this. Mike needs to be developed just as much as that third grade boy. Mike needs to be challenged just as much as any 11th grade girl needs to be challenged to walk with the Lord. And so we started asking some questions. And and Dave Gorris and I, many of you know Dave, whether you have just heard about Dave through my stories, you've known him over the years. Dave and his wife, Joyce, were founding members of our church and have just been a real bedrock, a foundation for our faith family over the 26 years of Parkway's existence. And Dave, you know that you've been like a spiritual father to me, that you have raised me in the faith and invested in me, and we have done life together for 22 years now. Long time we've known each other. Dave and I have been meeting every Wednesday for the most part for the last 10 years. And one of the things that we do is we talk and we dream and we strategize and we ask, hey, Lord, what are you up to? And last summer, the focus of our conversations became discipleship. What kind of people do we want to produce? What makes us us when it comes to the people of Parkway Church? And so Dave and I would read books. And uh, Dave, a, a few years back, had a, has an issue with his eyes. He's and, and so his, his eyesight is limited, right? But dude was out reading me last summer. Like, he would come in, and he would have five books, and he'd say, here's what I read. How'd you do? And I'd have, like, a little pamphlet. <laughs> and I would take those books, and I would consume them, and then the next week, we would talk about, and we would dream about, and we would pray about, and we would look at, okay, God, what kind of people are you trying to develop? And that began conversations that went deeper with the advisors and went deeper with our staff team. And a few months back, I was doing some writing, and I mapped out four things that make us us. And I typed them up, and uh, like whenever I get fixated on something, I'm like a dog on a bone. I will not release from it. Okay, let's see if I can um, 
get a little better illustration there. I'm like a dad on a Dairy Queen cone, right? I'm not going to release from it, right? And so I, I got fixated on it one evening and sat and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And, and the next day, I sent it to Mike Ripamani, the chairman of our advisors at the time. And I said, Mike, here it is. I didn't Google it. I didn't go to a conference to find it. I didn't steal it from another church. What you're about to read is the result of prayer and study and discussion among people. This is us. And so I want to share with you over the next four weeks what I shared with him. The markers that make Parkway Church, Parkway Church. And we begin with a look at a scripture that is very familiar to us that we've looked at over the years together many times. But it's the foundation for which the church of Jesus Christ is built. And it's Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, these verses are what is known as the Great Commission, where Jesus sends his disciples out on mission with him. That's why it is a co-mission. It's with him, and they've been commissioned, so they are authorized and expected to go on mission with God. And as we look at what Jesus says to his disciples here, did you get it? He says, you should go and make disciples. So as we look at building people and we look at building lives, this is an active process where we are going to make disciples. And, and it continues. It says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all a part of your salvation. The Father loves you, the Spirit calls you, and the Son saved you. In the Trinity, we see the work of God. And so we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. This is interesting, because this is Jesus speaking. And right before this, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so I give it to you. And now he says, teach everything that I have commanded. So the teachings of Jesus must be central to the life of the church, and not in such a way that they're just suggestions or tips for better living. The teachings of Jesus are not self-help tools, but instead the teachings of Jesus are the commands of God to his people. And he tells the apostles to go out and to baptize and to reach and then to teach everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. When we talk about living in relationship with God, that's the promise we're clinging to. You can find that promise throughout Scripture. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But here in the Great Commission, he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so as you think about these verses, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, let's see if we can understand the role of the church together. Because the church is not a social club. The church is not a service organization. The church is, is not just a place to go to. The church is not an event. The church is the people of God working together to accomplish this mission. And here it is. 
The church of Jesus Christ exists to bring glory and honor to God by inviting people to believe in Jesus through our words and through our actions. Friends, the unique work of God through his church is that we invite people to believe in him and to find life, both through our words and through our actions. Second, the church of Jesus Christ exists to bring glory and honor to God by leading believers to take their next step to submit to God's leadership in their lives. If going and making disciples is inviting people to believe through our words and through our actions, then the church must also see those new believers, see those that are young in the faith, and challenge them to take their next step with Jesus. It's one of the things that makes Parkway Church unique, is we're convinced that everybody has a next step. Even Dave Gorris has a next step with Jesus. And it's my privilege and honor to watch him take that next step with Jesus. Everyone's got a next step. Third, the church of Jesus Christ exists to bring glory and honor to God by teaching the word of God with clarity and personal application. Where else in the world are you gonna be taught the word of God if the church doesn't do it with clarity and doesn't do it with personal application? Nowhere else in the world are you going to be taught the word of God if the church looks and says, hey, we're just here to hang out. We're just here to serve. We're just here to, to, to be people gathered together on Sundays at an event. No, the church exists to bring glory and honor to God by teaching the word of God, all of it, with clarity and with personal application. You see that little thought right there where Jesus said, teach them to obey everything I commanded you? That's why this year we're walking through the Bible instead of hopscotching around Scripture. That's why we're letting the Word of God speak to the issues of our life instead of me trying to decide what are the issues and now where's the Word. Because we want to be the church that teaches the Word with clarity, with personal application. And then lastly, Jesus says, Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So the church of Jesus Christ exists to bring glory and honor to God by trusting and worshiping Jesus in loving relationships with other believers. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Friends, as we gather together to worship on Sundays, as we gather together to worship in our small groups, as we gather together to do life in the community of the faith, what we are doing together is trusting the Lord and worshiping him. What we are doing together, and that's why it's so invigorating and so exciting and so needed in our lives, is we're tapping into the reality that Jesus says, I am with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. So the church of Jesus Christ exists to invite, to lead, to teach, and to trust him together. And as we think about the unique role that we play in the, in the Big C Church, one of the phrases that keeps rolling through my mind time and time again is that we exist to build relationships that build disciples. Parkway is, was, and always will be a relational church. That's one of the things that makes us unique. You realize when you walk up to any of our Parkway campuses, you're going to get greeted by about, on average, 14 people, right? I mean, some of us that aren't as like extroverted as others, 
I mean, you try and do this to get through all the handshaking lines, oh, but we're still going to get you. It's one of the things that makes us unique. There are, there are other churches, and I'm not taking a swipe, but there are other churches you could go to, and nobody will ever, ever even say hi. One of the things that makes us unique is that we have been about relationships. We are about relationships, and we always will be about relationships. And today I'm going to talk about how we connect people to God in relationship with him and how we connect people to each other in relationship with one another. See that name tag you're wearing? Everybody look at it real quick. Look at yours, not mine. That name, the reason you're wearing that name tag today, that name matters to God. So I want you to say it. I, I'm going to say Mike, and you're going to say your name, and then matter to God. I, Mike, matter to God. All right, now we're going to do it all together. And, and, and I'm the one with the rhythm problem. So let's try it. I, Mike, matter to God. Now I just realized why it doesn't work on rhythm. Y'all did much better that time, but I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. The reason it doesn't work in rhythm all the time is because some of y'all have names that have multiple syllables, <laughs> right? Like if my daughter was up here, she'd be like, I, Rebecca. And I'd be like, Mike. Anyway, it wouldn't work. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> I was like, I mean, up here, I was like, what's wrong with these people? It's I, Mike. But y'all might be Rebecca or Charles. That's two. Anyway, moving along. The other reason that the name tag is on is because if you look at that name tag, that person not only matters to God, but that person has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. As we look at building relationships that build disciples, it's built on those two facts. Because I matter to God, I will take my next step with him. Whether I've been walking with Jesus for 20 minutes, 20 years, or six decades, I will take my next step. Friends, as we think about what it means to connect people to God and to each other, as we think about what it means to build relationships that build disciples, I need to define something for you. And that's the word disciple. If our goal is for you to be a disciple of Jesus, does that mean that you have to grow your hair out and grow your beard and get some sandals and walk around? Does that mean you have to carry your cross up and down Highway 59 between here and Sugarland? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And this is something that we read a lot about because you can read a definition of discipleship that will fill a whole book. But here's the simplest one. Here it is. A disciple is someone who's believed in Jesus for eternal life and is following Jesus with their life. So that shows us who is and who isn't a disciple, even within our church family. We may have some people that are gathered together with us today that have never believed in Jesus yet for life. And you need to know that you're a sinner who's in, desperately need, who's in desperate need of a Savior. The Bible says that Jesus is Savior and Lord, and he invites you to believe in him and to find life. But if you've believed in him, you've taken that first step towards being a disciple. Now, the question is, are you following him? Because a disciple is one who's believed in him for eternal life and is now following him with their lives. 
So the question is, church family, believer in Jesus Christ, are you still following him and taking your next step? It's not about how you used to follow him, because a disciple is still following him with their lives. As you think about it, and I'm going to pick up the pace here, each one of us have a next step when it comes to this discipleship process of believing and then following. Like for some of you, your step, if you're here today and you've never believed, Lacey, go ahead and show me my progression. If you're here and you've never believed, your step is to believe in Christ and to find life today. That's a one-time decision that you make that God gives you life, a new life and life forever with him in heaven. You say, Mike, I've made that decision. Your next step is to discover who you are in Christ. If we're not careful, we'll think that somebody believes in Jesus and all of a sudden they know everything they need to be successful in their walk with God. That'd be like sending uh, like a, a toddler to college. It just wouldn't work, even though many of our college freshmen do act like toddlers. It wouldn't work. And so for some of you who are new to the faith, the Bible would call you babes. You were like infants in the faith. You need to discover who you are and how you can read your Bible and how you can learn the stories of God. Others of us have discovered who we are and we're learning how to obey. And that obeying process is so hard because that's where Jesus calls us to die to ourselves and to follow him. And we've got good days and we've got bad days, peaks and valleys, roller coaster of life. But for some of us, the decision needs to be, hey, I know who I am in Jesus. I'm deciding to obey him even when it's not easy because we're building relationships that build disciples. And then lastly, once you kind of get your groove and you begin to see, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm learning how to honor God with my life on a very consistent basis. I've got something to share. And when Jesus said that if you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men, I'm going to go out and share my life with others and invest my life in others so that they can walk with Jesus like I'm walking with Jesus. See, all of us have a next step. If you would say that you're obeying Jesus, but you're not investing your life in someone else, your next step is to follow him and to pour your life into somebody else. We've all got a next step. What's yours? A disciple is someone who's believed in Jesus for life and is following Jesus with their life. So let me tell you the kind of people I hope we develop as Parkway Church, and then we're gonna get really practical with your life. At Parkway Church, I hope we develop people who are disciples that are living for Jesus Christ. At Parkway Church, I hope that we are developing disciples who are living not for themselves, but as a living sacrifice as unto the Lord. I hope that we are developing disciples who live holy and pleasing lives before God, you realize that one of the things that God changes in you as you walk with Jesus, he changes and transforms your mind so that you can walk and live and respond differently. And the Bible in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that's holy and pleasing to God. I hope that we develop disciples who refuse to conform to the world but are being transformed by the power of God at work within us. I hope that we develop disciples who know and live God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, and who wouldn't settle for anything less. Friends, as we look at building relationships that build disciples, 
It starts with us connecting people to God and to each other. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Then we step into a growing relationship with God where spiritual growth is shown by loving God and loving people. That's next week's message. And then we look and we say, we're here for God's purpose. So we are going to serve others by sharing the love and the message of Jesus. And then last week in this series, and it's really funny, I'm gonna make Russell preach this one, right? It, it, the last thing we do, number four, what makes us unique is that we worship Jesus by living faithfully and by giving generously. You're like, you're putting the student pastor in charge of the giving talk? Yes, I am. <laughs> because here's the deal. It's not about what you give to the church. That talk is not about what you give to the church. That talk and that value is about what we give to our communities. We are a church that says we're not here to take. We're here to give. We're not here to see what we can sell. We're here to see what we can give. We're a church that says we want to set the standard when it comes to irrational generosity because God has been so generous with us. We live faithfully, Parkway Church, and we give generously, Parkway Church, because God has done so much in us. Boy, I kind of feel like preaching that message now. So what's it mean? You can clap for that. That's, that's good stuff, I think. So what's it mean to connect people to God and to each other? As we look at Acts chapter 2, hear the heartbeat of your advisors. Hear the heartbeat of people like Dave and Joyce Gorse. Hear the heartbeat of the 39 that started this church. Hear the heartbeat of your pastor and your small group leaders. Because here it is. Acts 2.42, as we look at connecting people to God and to each other, this is what we mean. The Bible says that they, and this is the group of people that had just believed in Jesus, some 3,000 people came to faith on the day of Pentecost. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What did Jesus tell them to do? Teach them to obey everything that I commanded. They're devoted to the apostles' teaching. They're also devoted to fellowship. And a better translation of this would be the fellowship. They're not committed to fellowship. You know how the church does fellowship today? Food, fun, fellowship, right? Food, fun, fellowship. Food, fun, fellowship. That's how the church does fellowship today. If it's food and there's gonna be fun, then that's fellowship. But reality is they were committed to the fellowship. They were committed to the people. And in a world where church shopping and hopping has become prevalent in every city, we must look and say our commitment is not only to the Lord's teaching, but our commitment is to the people of God that he's placed in my life. They are devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That breaking of bread wasn't just eating, it was celebrating the grace of God in their midst and remembering what Jesus had done and looking forward to his return. And they were devoted to prayer. Why? What did Jesus tell them? He said, I will be with you always until the very end of the age. So most certainly the church should be about prayer and trusting him. So what happened in their midst is they were devoted to these things. Because friends, if our heart is right when it comes to building relationships that build disciples, God will do what only he can do among us. Acts 2, 43 through 45. Everyone 
was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So there was this sense that God is doing something and I wanna be a part of it. There is this awe and wonder because we're doing life together. There is this awe and wonder because we're learning new ways to live. There is this awe and wonder. It says, I wanna be a part of that. The way we phrase that in our world today is we see where God is working and we join him there. We don't wanna be a church that tries to gen up the work of God, but instead sees where God is moving and working uniquely in the lives of our church family and in our communities and we join him there. That's why six years ago, you said yes to starting two campuses even though we didn't have a strategy or a staff or any kind of budget to make it work, you said yes because it was an open door to the gospel at Lone Tree and in Port Lavaca. You said yes because there was a sense of God's working among us. And let me tell you, God is still working among us. Let's finish it up. Acts 2, 46 through 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Very interesting. When the church lives and acts like the church, what does God do? He saves people. Some might wonder, Mike, this year as we have been teaching directly from the word of God, even the book of Leviticus, Did old Levi hurt our results when it comes to reaching people for Christ? Let me tell you, the clearer we teach the word of God, the more people say yes to his son, Jesus Christ. Our teaching of God's word this year and our improvement of teaching of God's word to children, K through five this year and students, six through 12th grade this year, has resulted in God adding to our number those who are being saved. So if we will be about the things the church should be about, then God will do what only he can do. So what's that mean? Three levels of commitment I'm asking you for. Personally, I'm asking you to be a disciple who will go and share the message of God with others. That you will be a part of connecting people to a relationship with God. That's why this year, instead of doing vacation Bible school in centralized locations, We're throwing parties throughout the crossroads because we found the best way to reach lost people is to go hang out in their neighborhood, to go hang out on their street instead of inviting them to come to our facility for a three-day event. We're going to make disciples this summer with the party. And I just encourage you, if you've got friends, if you've got relationships that, you know, you're like, I can invite them over and tell them about Jesus in a real non-threatening way, we've got the tools for you to do it. And we've got the coaching to help you do it. I'm hoping and praying that, that the Lord would surprise us with grandmothers and grandfathers throwing parties to reach their grandkids' friends. That God would surprise us with parties One day, two day, three day events. You know the first one we have scheduled? It's on the beach in Port O'Connor. I think I'll be going to that one. It's on the beach in Port O'Connor. How could you reach your friends with the gospel? We're here to help this summer as we throw parties. The second thing, 
as we look at group connections, I encourage everyone who calls Parkway home to know who their people are, to know who their group is, so that you just don't float around in a relationship with God not knowing who your people are. This is us means that we are connected to community because life change happens best in a small group. This afternoon, I'm going to my small group and I can't wait because we all need a place in community. And then corporately, can we all be committed to being the church that is excited to be with the Lord and to be with each other when we gather in worship? I know it's challenging in Port Lavaca right now, worshiping at the safety council. We're working on some things. But can we be the church that says, you know what? As I enter his courts, I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna pray, God, help my response to worship be good this morning. Mike, help, God, help Mike's talk be good this morning. I need all the prayer I can get. Don't you dare amen that. Can you be ready as you walk in? Yes, you can. So we asked you a little while ago, what is it that you love about Parkway? Wow, you guys like to text. You guys like to text a lot. I, I love the relevant message, the praise and worship, the people. We try hard not to miss a Sunday. Um, I love the church that, uh, that abounds from the, oh, I, I can't read so now I'm going to try again. I love, I love the love. That's what got me confused. I love the love that abounds from the people in this church. I love my sisters in small group. Obviously, that came from a lady. Everyone is welcoming, and it feels like a family. That's why I ended up joining. I love small groups, missions, and connectivity into the community. Oh, friends, you're loving the right things about this church. You're loving the right things because it's the things that we love that makes us unique and makes us who we are. I feel at home here, welcomed, loved, happy. I love Pastor Mike. Well, Pastor Mike loves you too. <laughs> I love praise and worship, and that just when I need it, the message is given directly to me. See, what you guys don't know is that those Alexa dots that you buy for your house that's really a pastor's research system. So we've all tapped into those around the country, and we know what's going on in your house now. Thanks, Alexa. So we really are preaching just to you. Not really. Don't put a tinfoil hat on. I love being a part of being in the loving Parkway family. This is the last one I'm going to share. And, and there are a lot more. Thank you for submitting these. I come to Parkway because it feels like family here. I get something out of every service. I learn so much every Sunday. I love that Parkway does so much for the entire community. Gang, can we be the church that builds relationships, that builds disciples? You bet we can. And you know why? It's because we're loving the right things about the Lord and about what the church should be about. Oh, I'm so encouraged. I might preach for three hours during the second service. Aren't you glad you came? You're in the first. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, thanks for the chance to be together today, to learn and to grow, to be inspired. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be the church that truly does build relationships that build disciples. Help us to be loving. Help us to be connecting. Help us 
to be that church. And now in this moment, God, we commit to take our next step with you. Church family, we all have a next step. Will you commit to take it? Do some business with God in this moment to say, I want to be a person that connects people to God and to others. If you've never believed in Christ, no matter where you are today, what are you waiting for? Make today your day to believe and to find life in him. If today's your day, you can mark it with a prayer, you can pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a savior and that you are the savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life.